Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Very, very excited about our next guest hitting a widespread uh, number of topics. It's Zubin Mahente, who's one of the three pillars of the morning show on ESPN Radio with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams. He's also anchored college football coverage for ESPN, so I got some things on that note that I want to get to. Zubin, thanks for being with us, man. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you. Good. Appreciate you being with me. And I want to start with the NFL because we're putting a bow on the Patriots season. And Cam Newton says he believes that he can still be a starter in the NFL. And, and you guys talk about Cam extensively on the morning show. As you sit right now here in early January, what is your gut on Cam's skill level still at this point? I think it's still pretty good. I mean, I think he had a very interesting press conference the other day where he meandered a bit and said, if there's 32 starting quarterbacks, I'm not 32. I think when I have the optimal situation, there's nobody better than me. I'm paraphrasing here. But I think that's what you want to hear from your starting quarterback, no matter who he is or where he is in his career. And I think one other thing you said at that press conference, besides having that swag that I just mentioned of basically saying, I think I'm a lot better than I showed this particular season, is he talked about the circumstances and how reasonable you have to be when you're in the circumstances that you are. Um, I don't think he had a lot of weapons to throw to this year. Granted, he didn't look great. He had the virus. He was released in March by the Panthers, signed in July by the Pats. So he didn't really have much time to get together with his teammates. Now, obviously, everybody was in that boat because of the coronavirus. But if you put together the fact of all the players that the Patriots missed opting out, plus the fact that he was sort of dangling out there until the very end, which, you know, may be an indicator of what people around the league think about him. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. There's a lot of teams that just simply don't need a quarterback, like, you know, if you're Tua or you're Justin Herbert or you're Joe Burrow, if you're one of those three teams, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Chargers, it'd be nice to have a steady hand like Newton there, but you wouldn't want to do that because obviously you wouldn't want to wreck the confidence of a young QB. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I think there were some people that thought this was a good gamble, especially because it didn't cost them much financially. And if he were to exceeded expectations, it would set up a weird situation on some teams. But at the same token, I look at it, and I, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Jared Stidham is the only past quarterback that signed contractually for next year. Keyshawn has not given up on him. Jay seems to think he's done, over and done with as a starter uh, Key doesn't. I lean with Key. He's only 31 years old. I know he's taken a ton of hits at the age of 31. But when I look at Drew Brees at 41 and Brady at 43, totally realizing Newton's a different sort of player and his skill set is different, I don't think um, that he is nearly as washed up as everybody says he is. You know, the Patriots are going to be picking 15th in the upcoming NFL draft. I am an advocate of them trading up to get a quarterback if they need to, but if they stay at 15, a guy that might be available to them is Mac Jones, who's the quarterback at Alabama, and he's in a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Just how high do you think, from your knowledge of college football, how high up is Jones a guy is Jones going to go? Is he a guy they could get at 15? Is he a guy that's going to slide to them in the second round, potentially? Where's What's the feeling on Mac Jones? Well, I really like Mac Jones' story, um, and I don't, that doesn't mean anything about what he'll be able to do on Sundays. But you've got to keep in mind, one thing that you really have to keep in mind when you think about him is, um, you know, he could have easily transferred, right? I mean, he committed to Alabama when they had Tua and Hurts, and he thought, I'm coming, I'm still coming. I like that mentality. When you know Tua and Hurts are there and you're already going, and then he waited his turn. A lot of guys that would have went there and didn't get a chance to play, they just would have gotten up 
and they would have transferred and they would have, yeah, well, you know, I got to go. I can't sit my talent. I can't be on the bench. I got to make something of it. And he didn't do that. He walked into a situation with two studs. He waited his turn. He didn't turn around and transfer. In fact, to his brother ended up transferring himself, hmm. Talia, to Maryland after they saw how good of a job Matt Jones has done. I think what's interesting about Matt Jones, not at the next level, but I, I think he's probably got the lowest Q rating of any recent Alabama quarterback, which is amazing because I don't think he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I think the guy who he's throwing to is going to win the Heisman <laughs> Trophy. But um, it's amazing to think that Alabama's never had a Heisman Trophy winner at the quarterback position. They've only had two Heisman winners, period, in Ingram and Derrick Henry. Um, I think A.J. McCarron is more well-known than him. I think uh, Tua and Hurts are more well-known. They do have the NFL pedigree to get more fans to know who they are. I think our Greg McElroy is more well-known <laughs> than him. If you put a five pictures of those five guys, um, McCarron, McElroy, Tua, Hurts, and Mac, I think Mac would be recognized by the least amount of people, and he could end up being the quarterback of the best team Nick Saban's ever had at Alabama. There is some concern that he's a little bit of a system guy. A lot of guys that play for Sark are kind of system guys. Now, granted, the system is very, very good, which is the reason he got the job. Uh, in Austin, but I think there's a little bit of a concern. Our guys seem to be, obviously, everybody's hot on Justin Fields now once again, but our guys really seem to like Zach Wilson and his ability especially to throw uh, the deep ball. But, uh, as you know, Belichick's never been shy from drafting Alabama players. That would be the latest. And I also think there's one last thing I would mention about Belichick, and I think he's entering a season unlike any other. He's entering an offseason unlike any other. I don't follow the pass as close as you do, but I was taken aback this year and how many times just during random press availability people would just get on him about his draft picks. Um, it just seemed to feel like after, you know, the playoff streak, the division streak, the 17th straight, 10-win season, after all that officially came to an end, uh, I know Boston's a tough town, but everybody really started getting brave in these press conferences <laughs> with him. I was a little surprised to see that, but uh, I think this is setting up to be a really, really important offseason for Bill unlike one he's probably ever faced in his tenure. Zub Mahente, ESPN Radio, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. One-third of the morning show over at ESPN Radio. Really, really, uh, really smart and entertaining and insightful morning show with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams. Devontae Smith, wide receiver at Alabama. You talk about him being the Heisman Trophy favorite in your mind. The Patriots need a whole lot of weapons. They're picking 15th. There's no chance Smith falls to them, right? No, we had Mel Kuyper on this morning, and Mel had Devontae Smith going third to the Dolphins. Wow. So, again, I mean, you never know. I mean, that's a pretty, that's pretty high for a wide receiver. Keyshawn would like to mention he was drafted number one overall. <laughs> a humble brag, as you might be not surprised to hear. Uh, but, yeah, Devontae Smith uh, going to three. I mean, you could really make an argument, I think. That, I mean, think about the embarrassment of riches for Alabama. I mean, think about this for a second. Uh, they're going to have three guys in the top five no matter what, no matter where Max finishes, no matter where Devontae finishes. Najee Harris will be in fifth. Uh, the finalists from five and below were already revealed. So it's the first time since 1946 that, three team, uh, that one team has had three guys in the top five. I think Army in 1946, um, they had three guys in the top five. And you can make an argument. If you go back to that Army team, what is that, 54, you know, 74 years ago, 75 years ago, you could really make the argument that Alabama's best player isn't any one of those three guys. Hmm. You could make an argument their best player is Jalen Waddell, who got injured in the Tennessee game and actually could be back for the championship game on Monday, which is amazing. He's actually supposedly out there 
practices. So think about that. You have three Heisman finalists in your top five with the likely winner uh, at Alabama, and you can make an argument none of those three guys are Alabama's best players. How do we feel about Justin Fields right now? He lit up Clemson in the semifinal, and Patriot fans are worried about him because he very easily could end up with the New York Jets and become a thorn in the Patriots' side for a decade-plus here. Um, What's your overall gut on Fields? I like him. And the one thing I would just say at this particular point is whether whether his stock evaluation drops or whether it soars, I think it has to be uh, consistent, and I don't think we're being that consistent with Justin Fields. Like I think we're being consistent with Trevor Lawrence. Like no matter what, um, we like Trevor Lawrence, and no matter what, Trey Lance is a good story, and no matter what, we like Zach Wilson, and no matter what, you know Kyle Trask made the most of his opportunity. Same with Mac Jones. I think we're treating Justin Fields a little bit differently, and here's what I mean. So he didn't have a great game against Indiana, the one game where they really got pushed this year. And in the regular season. And so people knocked him down a peg. And then I think there was like uh, 20, I want to say 23 guys that didn't play for Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. And he didn't look great against Northwestern, so we knocked him down a peg. My thing is, if you play that way against Clemson, against the guy that is supposedly separated from you, against the team that's got NFL players all over their roster, to me, I don't know what the situation is. But I think if you're going to knock down Justin Fields a couple of spots, a peg or so, after a so-so Big Ten title game and a not-so-great game against Indiana, um, then I think you deserve to zoom him right back up the charts if he has a game like this against Clemson. It's basically one of the best games in the history of the All-State Sugar Bowl. Definitely one of the better performances in the short history, seven-year history, it will be now, of the college football playoffs. So I'm a little... I'm a little disappointed that people have not been able to reconcile that. If you have a bad game and people knock you down, the idea that if you have a stupendous game, a splendid game, and you can't move yourself up, I just can't really square those two things. I think he's a great player and he's a great competitor. And I'll, t- I'll, give, you a great, I'll give you a great note here, Brady. Um, Kuiper was on, as I mentioned this morning. He said, and think about this for a second, I, I can't really think about the number of guys that would fall into this category right away. I'd have to think about it. But he said that game against Clemson um, on New Year's Day was the single biggest individual game any prospect has had, i.e., got to have a big game to prove yourself. That was the single biggest game a prospect has had in his eyes. And I don't mean performance. I mean just like had to have a good game. There was more riding on that game for him than any prospect in a single game in the last 15 or 20 years. That's wow. Well, that's, uh, that is amazing to think about. Championship game is coming up on Monday between Ohio State and Bama. Lots of pro prospects all over the field. Patriots are going to be in a position to get some of them as they pick 15th in the draft. We will have the national championship game right here on WDEV with coverage beginning at 8 p.m. on uh, on Monday night. Zubin Mahente, ESPN radio host, uh, Keyshawn J. Will, and Zubin every single morning. And uh, Zubin, man, we appreciate it. All your work on college football, your work on the morning show, your work on sports. Center. We appreciate all that you do, and we appreciate you coming on. Oh, anytime. Thanks very much.